Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Nintendo! June 25th, 2015. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Joining me this week, Callie Pleggy. Hello. Back from E3 and excited as ever to talk about a bunch of her experience there. And also, once again, Brian Altano. (laughs) This week, we are a man down with Parrot, but he will be back next week uh, to join us on the show. Where is he? Is he post E3 Plague? Uh, He's on a business trip. Okay. That's all I can really say. Yeah. Um, but what I, what we can talk about uh, is just to kind of round out our thoughts on E3. And Callie, I wanted to kick it off with your E3 experience. Why don't we talk a little bit about sort of uh, what games you enjoyed at the show, which Nintendo games sort of caught your eye, and maybe even what you thought of their digital event. Yeah. Um, I didn't have as much time to walk the show floor as I did when I went previously, um, but I really, really enjoyed the uh, Super Mario Maker um the world championships like we were in the war room cheering like it was a mm-hmm. sport sporting event nice, watching nice. that and um you guys might have you were probably because it was nintendo you were probably on the live show but um yeah we were all gathered around a computer just cheering mm-hmm. and that's the moment i said i need this game mm-hmm. because when it's better than sports i mean a lot of things are better than sports to me but but <laughs> but like most video games but um I, that's the moment i was like i want to get my friends i want to play this game i need this game our our uh, our photographer in the war room sent us some pictures over the weekend of all of us in there and you could see there are the times we're watching the press conferences and we're just kind of like oh cool oh or a lot of highs and lows obviously but the mario maker stuff the uh, seeing our faces during super mario maker like i'm a very animated person a bunch of us were in the room like ah, arms in the air fists up like no like yeah. there's so much like the, the it's just such a roller coaster watching that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, well, I'm really the, excited for the it. The energy mm-hmm. level is communicated really well because just like the person playing in the Nintendo World Championships, you didn't quite know what was coming next. Right. Yes. right. And I do think it was really smart to sort of uh, put the other player in isolation so that they didn't know 
just how like I wonder if any sound even got through some of those headphones or if they were able to sneak a peek. But regardless, like the the reception to that game and those moments were palpable, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you were just in the room. Just I was so I wasn't there when you guys watched it. I was actually um, working on a bunch of stuff, uh, side stuff. But I did watch it after the fact yeah. this past weekend, and I was very impressed with sort of how they you know, how they sort of handled it. Like, I think it was a really smart showcase for it. And we've talked about it on the show before. Like, they did the same thing in Japan with uh, a local show there called Game Center CX. You might be familiar yes, with that. Yes, I know yeah. the show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, th- there was an event where they basically, it wasn't the same exact thing, but it was kind of cool because Miyamoto went on stage to play someone right. else's oh. levels and saw just how best. How, yeah. much of a, how much of a challenge that could be. Cool, cool. Any other games sort of that you played uh, that stand um, out? I had a chance to play Yoshi's Woolly World, okay. which... Okay, talk um, about that. I just think Yoshi is... Freaking adorable. I could just admire how cute that Yarn Yoshi is for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. I want all three of the Amiibos. Like, I need to have them. <laughs> they had a, a display case. For anybody who doesn't know, they had a display case of all the upcoming Amiibo. And um, I took a bunch of pictures of those because just so cute. And they had the classic uh, Mario version, like the pixelated Mario Amiibo. Yeah, they, they were really cool looking, right? Yeah, really cool. That display cool. case was like, man, this kind of justifies my addiction a little bit. This, <laughs> yeah. These things look really good. It was also like, damn, I, I'm bummed that I'll never have something like this in my house. Right, yeah. yeah. I don't have a huge Amiibo case. I don't well, have room for that. But. Yeah, well, your wife's going to have a lot to say about that the day you try to pitch it. <laughs> I, think. I, threw, I threw out the bed over the weekend and I replaced it with just a huge glowing table for all my Amiibo. That's not true. <laughs> the bed not is true. surrounded no bed. by Amiibo. No, 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 no. no. It's not, I, I, it's would, not good. I would be at City Hall with divorce papers if that happened. <laughs> you okay. got rid of your bed. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I got to play that. I played it with Katie, who's an editorial designer at IGN, and um, we, it was really loud so we couldn't hear the instructions mm-hmm. um, or like, because the, the woman who was presenting it to us gave us kind of like, here's how you do this. And they so give you we a kinda, vague overview. Yeah, we kind of yeah. like fumbled our way through the game, but it was fun. And um, So you guys played co-op. Yeah, we played yeah, co-op. That's, that's how I played it too. I haven't yeah. actually haven't really played it single player yet. I think I, maybe I did it at E3 last year. Mm-hmm. Co-op yeah. is really interesting because it, it's got um, it's got that sort of new Super Mario Brothers feel to it where mm-hmm. A, when a player dies, they do come back kind of in that bubble, but it's like that yarn ball. It, yeah, it's but very B, reminiscent. Since it's Yoshi, you can swallow up a second player and then just kind of run through <laughs> the whole level and shoot them out randomly. Yeah. So you get that sort of like push and pull of being a good guy and also being evil. Oh, yeah. You know? She was totally trolling me the whole yeah. time. She yeah. su- she She... I don't know what you were not sucking you in because that's Kirby, but she ate me basically mm-hmm. and then just kind of ran. I was like, dude, what was, am I supposed to do now? I was discovering that there's no there's no good way to to uh, explain what's happening when another Yoshi puts you in their mouth. <laughs> there's no there's no like safer work no, way no, no, to explain not that. At all. There's no way there's no to say that. I had to tell uh, my mom on the phone, like, this is what I did at work. <laughs> Yeah, so we need to have a talk. <laughs> She'd be like, "Callie, what are you doing with your life?" But um, I also think Poochie is super adorable. Oh yeah, yeah. like um, really, really good. Though. I need the, a Poochie amiibo. I don't know. I feel like I know oh. I shouldn't say that because don't make one. I, I've don't heard that uh, the, the Yarn Yoshi amiibo are not only. Uh, I mean, it's out in Australia today as of this recording, and uh, they're both very nice, but also kind of expensive. How much there? I think they said something like twenty five bucks. Oh wow, really? What someone said. I think Ow. that's what was what I saw on Twitter. Um, Man. Twenty-five Australian dollars or American dollars? Aussie though? bucks. Yeah, I have no expensive idea. Over there. Aussie, yeah, Australian currency. But um, but regardless, that uh, I I just I'm curious what they're priced here, and I'm not sure if that information is out yet. I think I think they're doing smart stuff with Yoshi in that, and you probably picked this up playing it, but it's definitely got that sort of um, you could 
probably coast through every level in the game fairly easily, mm-hmm. but there's all that sort of like metagame stuff like collectibles. There's those yarn spools and yeah. everything like that that yeah. um, I think you can use to unlock um, Miiverse stamps and mm-hmm. extra costumes and all this other. And that's the kind of stuff like I really get into because it's like I can play that game with my wife and I will like I, I always tell her like, hey, you have to take one for the team and I'll take her and like in the game, throw her at an item, mm-hmm. and then she dies. <laughs> but like, we get it, and we go, go on to the next thing. So it's 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 very much like I got very a lot of new Super Mario Brothers vibes to it. From oh, very it, and, much, yeah. And that's I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and I think they also do cute things with the yarn animations. Like when you shoot a yarn, a ball of yarn at um, like a rotating, it's kind of like a pinwheel shaped thing, and then yeah. it becomes a platform that you can jump on. Right, and they it's had this those cool animation. They're like windmills, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I I really appreciate little details like that, and they really take the theme to to that level that I would expect them to as Nintendo. They really like go all out with the yarn theme, and I do like that they ramp it up with you could just kind of coast the levels, enjoy mm-hmm. the cuteness of the game, play it casually with someone who doesn't play games as as you know intensely as you might. And then you can go unlock those Miiverse stamps yep. and, and go back and do that stuff. And I think we've seen that from Nintendo with, uh, with I mean, like. Are, are you one of those, like, uh, cra- like completionist people? Oh, yeah. You were yeah. going to say crazy people. I was going to say crazy completionist people. I heard people. that. Yeah. I you, popped the brakes. I will say it again. Are you one of those crazy completionist people? Because I absolutely am. I, I 100% am. I spent an entire I'm week. I'm insane. I spent a week just playing Majora's Mask so I could do everything. Really? I, yeah. I, I 100%ed that game. And my fingers hurt for, like. Several days after. Even even the the those beaver races, which yeah, was just I impossible. did all of that. That was garbage, and I did all yeah, of it. I know, yeah. that, I know that was pretty bad. The yeah. beaver races were not fun the first time, let alone the second. All right, yeah. I was just doing anyway. some some price checking, and it's kind of hard to find. Um, at least it, I'm looking at PlayAsia, and since it's sold out, it doesn't have a price tag there. But there was a, a bundle for it that came with the game that is really all adorable. I'll turn it down to you too. No, this just that one, just the green one. I think that would be in smart. His, in his I little mean, prison, that was kind of the same. The, <laughs> it's Yoshi the, prison. Yoshi, hey, man, the if plastic there was, prison. If there was ever a uh, a, a, a bigger fight to unbox your amiibos, it's that one mm-hmm. because it's like I don't know how I you, can't. with any heart in your body. Could could let that thing suffocate inside that yeah, little box. It's like in you Yoshi's, have to free him. In Yoshi's what story, is where they're right now. you leave <laughs> your amiibo in a box. I take mine out, and you have to free that Yoshi. He's too cute to die right, in there. Right, like in Yoshi's story, which isn't a very good Yoshi game, but they have all the Yoshis in like that castle, like a that prison. tower prison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but those Yoshi deserve to be there. Yeah, uh, just because yeah. of that game. No, that, I'm, I'm this just one kidding. you got to free him because yeah. he's so cute. Yeah, like that free him meme where it just says right. free him. You right. know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, team unbox. Team unbox your Yarnimo. Okay, Jose, I'm, I'm yeah, going against you on this one, Jose. That's okay. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with you on it. Um, <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, to each his own. I will say, but uh, regardless, uh, these amiibo look adorable. Brian got to hold it. We were very jealous last episode. Uh, I almost. I almost didn't put it back. We were yeah. in like the VIP section of, uh, of of Nintendo's booth, or just a closed off section. Sorry. And uh, the person holding the amiibo basically said, "I'm sorry, but you can only squeeze it. You cannot." Like take it from my hands. Oh. I was just like, okay, well, I don't want to do that anyway. Oh, so I got, I got okay. all up in it. I wasn't allowed to do anything. So not only, did, not only did I get to hold it for a while, but I also had to have our cameraman on our live show reset the shot so that I could incorporate it. And for like five minutes, he was like, "Can you play with it a little bit?" And I had it kind of down below the the chair I was in, doing it wrong. And then I was like popping it up. And making it walk around, I was like, "Yo, what's up? I'm Yoshi." And I was doing like a whole puppet show, and he's like, "Can you can you keep it still a little bit so I can get the camera on it?" And I'm like, "I'm just holding it, and I'm like, I'm keeping this right." And they're like, "No, you can't keep it." Okay, all right. 
So, uh, it so, exists. It's beautiful. I want. I want all three. Sure. Yeah, all right. So then, yeah. uh, final thoughts just on E3 as a whole. I mean, I feel like we we've kind of shared our our sort of uh, thoughts on Nintendo's successes and failures last mm-hmm. episode. If you haven't yeah. heard those, you should absolutely check that out because I, 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 more than half of the episode is that. But mm-hmm. uh, Callie, just curious, like, what are your final thoughts here um, with Nintendo's sort of digital event? What, how'd you feel walking away from that? Yeah, the digital event, I had... I wasn't sure how to feel about that after it happened because everybody around me was kind of like, what is this? And I was like, oh, this is so Nintendo. This is so weird and cute. And, and you know, I, I can't be mad at Nintendo... I just can't. They're they're so charming. They come out there and we're, you know, they're like, Mm -hmm. we're puppets. Inexplicably, we're puppets. And I just, you know, at at some point, you're just going to be like, yeah, they're puppets. I accept this. This is just what's going to happen. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I did think, you know, I I wish that, you know, it's like Metroid's 30th anniversary is coming up, I believe. I have that correct. Um, So is Zelda. And so is Zelda. And, you know, not having anything to commemorate that really, um, maybe they'll be, bringing that next year. I don't know, mm-hmm. but that was kind of uh, a short coming for me. Uh, yeah. Just coming out of that and being like, okay, Super Mario Maker's cool. Yeah, we saw that. And what else? Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely feeling a little dissatisfied with the amount of content, but... Um, or just well, lack of surprise, right? right like, you want to be like, whoa, uh, yeah. this is a thing yeah, I, I didn't to, expect. I want to you do, you know, do the so, traditional yeah. reaction guys. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was, I was talking about this with Jose a little bit, and tell me if you agree, but I, I've been, because he doesn't, because, you know, that's just the way he is. But, <laughs> what? What are you saying? Whoa. I love you, Jose. What did no, I, but what I, I not Throwing that shade, yeah. this bright light. I, I think there's a version <laughs> of that direct that could have been better had a couple of different sort of elements moved around. Like, had you not done, so first of all, no leaks. So mm. Zelda, the, the you know Hyrule Warriors 3DS, not a huge surprise, but a little more icing on a, on the cake in a direct that probably could have used it. Um, all the Smash Brothers stuff leaking, becoming its own thing. I think like that could have been like, I think you take all that stuff, you put it all together, and you cap it off with the Zelda footage, which they told us they had but didn't mm. want to show us. And I think you turn a direct that's like a six into a direct that's like a eight five. You know. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I don't outright disagree with you. Just, just sure. for uh, for clarity here, like I do think that the the Smash Brothers stuff is cool on its own. But knowing how Nintendo approaches E3, that digital event is really usually focused on new games and new footage. And I do feel like the decision for Hyrule Warriors was an odd one because I don't know if that game really won over North America as much mm-hmm. as you right. know they you know they they basically okay so the Nintendo had an investors shareholders meeting like yesterday or last night our right. time and uh, they kind of defended that that presentation was focused towards a North American audience but that game didn't really fit in there but I guess because we're big Zelda fans it does right uh, but anyway um, I don't yeah. disagree with you outright well, though is what I want to say yeah uh, I think um, if they were trying to appeal to a North American audience I think they might underestimate how much of their audience likes the Japanese-ness that mm-hmm. you can get from stuff I mean we've talked about this before um, Japanese-ness the Japanese-ness <laughs> Jap- so it's Jap- a word, Jap- a <laughs> <laughs> you're looking up it's, it's a thing you know, I don't think any of those are words <laughs> Not yet no but um, <laughs> we've talked about it before like uh, a lot of the charm comes from the not westernization of mm. of a lot of this and and i think they underestimate how much we'd get excited about quirky yeah. stuff like that yeah. um at least for, for me i can't speak for everybody but sure. um, i really like stuff like that where it's i've seen western things i know how western things are i live here right. i like to see you know nintendo bringing nintendo um so i wish that they hadn't kind of held back yeah in that so, way and yeah. i do think though sorry just just really yeah. quickly yeah. to piggyback that though i do think sometimes that can backfire oh yeah and definitely. sharp fe the Shimigami Fire Emblem yeah, yeah, was the token example yes. of like, 
uh, too Japanese. Like too, I, I told you there's a tweet that's a too many waifu. Yeah, like in, yeah. in this portion. No, of the to, to me it's always point. like you. Like Rolls you... eyes at you. <laughs> I did. Oh, sorry. I, that, that wasn't me. I, I don't agree with that. Thing. Like it's, it's, when, it's it's when you go to a concert. You, you go to a concert. A band a band is playing all night and they play that one song that like you love the band but they're playing that one song that you're like I don't know that song. I've never heard that song. I don't have any mm-hmm. connection to that song. And some people in the crowd are like, yeah. And you're just like, I'm going to go to the bar during this. Like, that's that, how I feel during the all of that that kind of stuff where it just gets too eccentric and too Japaninity. Yeah. <laughs> Japanese-y. Japanese-y. Um, yeah, I, that's a really good point. I think maybe that the the bridging that gap would be getting less Western with the franchises we do know. Like sure. Mario, Zelda, you don't have to like try to appeal to North Americans. We all know those well, franchises, right? Yeah, I think yes and no. I think there there is always that expectation that like, and people have been saying it for years, they want that like serious, gritty, mature Zelda. And oh, I don't. Like, that's I do never, not. That's to heck with that thing, okay, man. Link like, yeah. is canonically the hugest dork in the universe. Right? I do not need a dark Zelda. He's a huge dork. He's always tripping over things. He's be, he's always like he's goofy. Hyrule like, never changes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do the what? No. no. He wears pajamas everywhere. Right. Like everybody in his town is really just dumb and funny. Like yeah. they're all it's just like a, a cartoon characters running. Even like Ocarina of Time, people are like, what a serious mature game. Like no. go to any town in that game and talk to anybody. Talk like to people literally are, anyone. Yeah, yeah, they're all cartoon characters. But, but a certain charm does run through all of those villages, right? That doesn't always necessarily come off as weird. It just comes right. off as kind of uh different or yeah. unique or, or yeah. just very unique to Hyrule, I, I right. want to say. Yeah, yeah sure. I don't need anything like weird, totally outside of the box Japanese where yeah. you're just kind of like, what's happening? This mm-hmm. is... Game of Thrones, Zelda. Ugh. Yeah, oh God. Oh, yeah. No. That sounds awful. Who'd be left? Um, but I yeah. think people I like, do... They, I like they... the charm that right. is very unique to them. You know, mm-hmm. when you're walking, even like Majora's Mask, which is considered, you know, the darkest one probably, mm-hmm. um, you walk around and people are, you know, dancing all goofy and and... They just I like the the personality that you find in those games. I don't want them to I totally take that agree. away, yeah. right? Yep. So, th- oh no. No, please. I was going to say Go one ahead. last thing and I think because the of the absence of that or Zelda entirely in this as, aside from the the 3DS games mm-hmm. and the fact that Metroid has been sort of uh kicked to the side and we're getting a version of Metroid that's like chibi, cartoony. Mm. I'm like I'm okay with it cuz I played it and I'm like this this could be all right. It's obviously not going to satiate my my craving for a new Metroid Prime. A Samus game. A Samus yeah. game, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, people look to Samus as basically that's the, you know, more mature, it's isolated, you're in space, it's dark, darker themes, kind mm-hmm. of stuff like that. And so we're not getting that there. So you are sort yeah. of getting that like kind of quirky, eccentric Nintendo for a full hour of their direct, mm-hmm. which, you know, I can be okay with, but I think what people were looking for were some of the more stuff that appeals to the Western audience. Or just right. the surprises. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that was ultimately what we took away from it, right? Just mm-hmm. the, the surprise and delight, right? Hey, like, Federation Force was a surprise. It might not be a good <clears throat> surprise, but it was no, a surprise. I, and I yeah. agree with that. And, I, and I, you know, the, the, the gigantic hissy fit on the internet over oh, that game God. has me a bit concerned because... I agree that the trailer was a poor way to communicate what that yeah. game was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but I'm not ready to write it off just yet. And yeah. I don't think if you're listening to this, you necessarily should just yet. Like, yes, you have every reason to be disappointed that you didn't get a Samus game announced at E3. I think that you're 100% allowed to do that. I, I don't even have to tell you you're allowed to do that. Yeah. But to hold against this game, Federation Force, which is coming from a proven developer in Next Level Games, which is coming from the producer of that series, Tanabe, and crucify it for that, Mm-hmm. Seems really ridiculous to me. I agree. It really yeah. does. And, I think I think it's you know. chi- I think it's childish, yeah. and immature yeah. to sort of like to 
and, you know, see how many downvotes a YouTube video can get. Yeah, for, I mean, and how many didn't say anything. You right, know, when you look right. at those numbers, of course the downvote is is disappointing. And again, fine, whatever. But how many had nothing to say who watched those videos? Yeah, I think there's like, a, you know, vote with your wallet. Like there's mm-hmm. there's easier ways to send that message. And I don't always even agree with what I just said. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't. I don't think that that's a good way to send a message because, like, if you're going to do that, then you better go upvote every video they've ever uploaded of a game you do love, which I have a feeling people don't do. Yeah. And that's that sort of like, that's that kind of Yelp mentality of being like, I just ate a bad meal at a restaurant. I hate it. And they're like, well, did you eat any good meals this month? Yeah, I did. Did you write reviews about them? No. Because I'm expected that things are going to be great and wonderful all the time, and mm. negativity yeah. uh, persists above. And I definitely no, don't want to act I, like yeah. I've never done that, or or that the show has never done that. I mean, I feel 50, like fifty thousand of those downvotes were from you on different IPs. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I was just like all the downvotes. Give me all your iPhones, iPads. Leave them right on this desk. Yeah. Um, yeah all right. Uh, if unless you had anything else to add, I wanted to move on to sort of. Talking about Japan, actually, since we yeah. did so, uh, did you have anything? Uh, before yeah, that? I think just to, to wrap it up, <clears> I um, I do like that that quirkiness that um, when they get ex- eccentric, but um, you know, it's interesting when it do- it seems misplaced, like it's mm-hmm. not in the right places. I know a lot of people were upset with Federation Force because it was just kind of like you're putting this in the wrong franchise, uh, which yeah. I don't necessarily agree with, but um, yeah. So that that's kind of how I feel about the Nintendo Direct in the or the digital event in general is kind of like yeah I get this but I'm also kind of ambivalent about it it just, yeah I I mm-hmm. came away feeling weird and dissatisfied. Sure. Well, was, yeah, I was saying this to Jose and Pear, but it was kind of like, hey, you get a new Metroid game, but it's multiplayer and yeah. it's on 3DS. Hey, you get a new Zelda game, but it's like, it's got no overworld and it's more like kind of mission based. Hey, you get a new Animal Crossing, but it's a party game. So it's kind yeah. of like, we're getting cool things, but they're not exactly what we want. Like, right. and they're not sitting next to the things that we really want. Or at yeah. least they didn't do a good job of showing why we should want. Them. Yeah. Mm, there yeah. it is. All right, yeah. cool. Anyway. So then, moving on to sort of that Japanese identity in Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, we've been playing some import games recently, specifically mm-hmm. with both of you. I got to play Rhythm Tengoku, the best of plus. Yes. That's how that, I think that's how they say it over there. No, so Rhythm Tengoku, it? yeah, right? The Rhythm Tengoku, the best plus, if you're unaware, is Rhythm Tengoku is the Japanese name for Rhythm Heaven, which is a series that I, is very near and dear to me, at least, mm-hmm. because I'm a big fan of rhythm games. And I'm, I also am a big fan of WarioWare and of sort of that wacky, zany, charming, you know, bite-sized sort of uh, gameplay idea. So if you're unfamiliar with the series, it actually has come across the pond twice. Uh, So it started out on the Game Boy Advance. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that version never came here. On DS, it did. And it was sort of during that peak time, too, for the DS where, like, anything that you can put on it would almost do well or it was just full of crazy, quirky ideas. Um, And then on Wii, during the tail end of the Wii's life, Rhythm Heaven Fever uh, came over here. But this latest one that just came out in Japan uh, is on 3DS. It is a collection of minigames from all of the prior ones, as well as I think it's like 30-plus new ones that they've sort of tinkered and made. And um, this is a game made by the WarioWare team. This is typically, uh, and I'm pretty sure he's attached to it, a Yoshio sort of Sakamoto project, who coincidentally is related to Metroid. <laughs> um, and we got a chance to play it in multiplayer. You guys got to sort of see. So set the table for people. What what did multiplayer sort of task us to do? Why don't we start from there? So what I first of all, I want to tell a quick story in that I one of the reasons I really love this job is I get to work with awesome people like you guys. And okay. you know, I was sitting there one day and Jose was kind of talking about. It. He was very excited. He was like a kid on Christmas, being like, "This came out in Japan this morning. I have my Japanese 3DS. I downloaded it first thing in the morning." And 
Jose uh, kind of pulled me in a room and he's, uh, you know, that I still have that sort of I'm in high school and when I get pulled in the room, I'm, I'm in trouble kind of thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like that'll never go away because I'm just a t- constant. I'm a 30 something year old juvenile delinquent. <laughs> um, so Jose pulls me in a room and he goes, hey, I just wanted to uh, let you play Rhythm Heaven with me. And he pulls out two 3DSs and he hands me one. And he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play all these different mini games. And they're all like I play a lot of games like Bloodborne and, you know, GTA and uh, Batman, Batman. more they're recently. Yeah. Very dark, serious, kind of brooding games. And uh, GTA has its comical elements. But Rhythm Heaven is probably the most I've laughed playing a video game in quite some time. And it's got that very, like, very weird. I love WarioWare games. I don't know how many times I've stated that on this show. Like, I played every single one of them to death. I love them like crazy. I unlock all the weird, quirky little toys and mini games mm-hmm. in them. I go through and 100% all of them as much as I can. And this really scratched that itch for me. And it's a game that you're playing together with somebody. You know, it is rhythm based, but don't think of it like you're, it's DDR or mm-hmm. your, or Guitar Hero. It's more of like you are playing a kind kind of quirky puzzle game that is set to a rhythm and the in your button presses and taps and stuff like that you are trying to accomplish getting uh, a basically perfect percentage and yeah, you're, playing, and you're on beat right yeah. you're on a metronome yeah. and you're playing yeah. with somebody else in the way that metro, you're it's basically a metro, a metronome game and that metronome is set to multiple weird themes like and one speeds. of them, and speeds and speeds <laughs> yeah. and uh it does weird things where it basically goes all right we're gonna give you a quick tutorial like a bird's gonna fly by and right before it hits the window you have to hit the a button and you're like oh i got that so it's like one two three smash and then you go and you actually play it and they mess with the speeds like they chop and screw it here and there so it'll be like one two three smash and you're tapping the a button you're like damn it and you're yelling at <laughs> so Jose and I did one where you're two sumo wrestlers oh that's and the they, best yeah, and there's like so a left fun. stomp a right stomp and then there's this, this like pose <laughs> and um, in very simple animations, they do this really wonderful thing where you're this giant sumo wrestler, right? Who's doing, he shouldn't be doing the poses he's doing because they're like on his tippy toes or whatever. And it just looks like it's killing him. And if you missed by like half a second, the sumo wrestler, it goes into this pose where instead of being confident, he is nervous and sweating. And he's just like, I'm going to fall in give me a Like he's holding his breath, but he's like, I know a bunch of people yeah. are watching me. I don't want to screw this mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So there's this really good kind of push and pull to the joy of that. And then knowing that I think that, you know, I didn't do so great on the first few and I got better and better and got the rhythm of it all, mm-hmm. like no yeah. pun intended. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very wonderful to have that sort of co-op feel to it of we're working together, but we can also kind of screw each other over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really, really fun. I really hope it comes here. Yeah. 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 And when, when Jose pulled me into the room and played it, I was laughing so hard that I kept screwing up <laughs> um, because a lot of it, like there's one um, that you showed me that um, – I forget exactly what it was. It was dancers, and you're in a line of dancers or something. Oh, and if yes, you screw yes, up, yes. they all side eye you. Yeah, yeah. Like, so oh. it's it's get frog your hop. together. <laughs> yeah, if if you Google um, uh, rhythm heaven and then frog hop, I believe is the name of the minigame because it was in the DS version of the game. That's mm-hmm. right. You are one of four performers on stage, or one of six actually. Yeah. But in a row of four. Yeah. And you're right. Yeah, I I pr- intentionally didn't do anything, and when I got bumped, they, they all they like all, looked at me like they side eye you. Like well, you need to get yourself together because we are performing right now yeah. and it's Damn. just cute yeah. it's just it's it i was laughing super hard at the sumo one because mm-hmm. i it's a couple different speeds right and i yep. kept screwing it up and like 
Jose's just slapping me in the face because I need to get into the rhythm. That was really fun. Yeah, I um, didn't physically do that. That's no, not in real life. No, no, no. I'm laughing while game. she says it. No, but uh, to go back to Frog Hop for a second, mm-hmm. I do think that multiplayer is really smart in that it creates a social, like, real-life yeah. version of yes. that. So in multiplayer, you're both playing the same minigame, but you are playing it separately. But you're on the same beats and on the same timing. And the way they indicate success is that they show icons for all the players involved on screen at the corners. So mm-hmm. it's up to four players we've been playing it as two because we don't have that many import units in the office and when i when let's say brian hits a perfect beat it'll highlight his portrait with a gold like sort of circle around it meaning okay he's really on beat right now you should be aware of that and when brian messes up it changes that highlight for a blue circle which means right. he just missed the beat it shames you basically yeah, yes. it basically shames you to everyone else's to everybody else. so, yeah. so like, the fun wow. part of it is that in multiplayer you have to both basically hit a certain threshold for the score the yep. score has to be high enough for you yeah. to be able to complete it combined score gets yeah. you and so when I see Brian's messing up, I'm just like, yo, get it together over there. Like, what's, what's going gonna, on? I, I failed us out at one point because I just couldn't figure – I forget which one it was, but I, I just failed us out yep. of it. Yeah. yeah. I it didn't know just, you could fail out. It, it was makes one you want to get different friends. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow, Jose's never going to yeah. want to talk to me again after <laughs> no, this. No, 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 But it's, it's got that really awesome – like, I th- it's got that charm of WarioWare uh, that comes from being, like, confident in its randomness. Mm-hmm. Like, which yeah. War- yes. WarioWare was always, always just like – it would be like, and then all of a sudden be like a, a girl's snot coming out of her nose and you're like what do I do and you hit the A button and it goes back up her nose and you're like I won and it goes <laughs> and it goes the next thing like it's awesome I love that it's got that it's it's got that really stupid goofy random energy to it yeah. and I, I love yeah. I love like watching little things like that just watching yeah. like the, the faces and the frogs were yep. really funny you know? yeah. and, and mechanically I think it is very smart in that it teaches you the very basic things of a song so I started you both on the same minigame which is one that you control two players one you control with the A button to catch the other you use the D-pad to catch and you can press any side of the D-pad doesn't matter but the the concept of this uh, particular stage is that fruit is falling down a pair of right. steps in, in a in certain a beat, beat yeah. on, on a specific beat and you have to catch it out of the air at the right beat yeah and what this Rhythm Heaven game does better than, I think, any Rhythm Heaven that came before it is that Rhythm Heaven was always a game that it was absolutely that, right? It is a metronome. You have to be on beat in order to succeed. But it was never good at telling you why you were bad at, at that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. for example, in training, it would say, okay, hit on this beat. And you you would just basically sit there until you got it right and you satisfied the three times they wanted you to get it right. Sure. And it would sit there as long as it took until you did that. So it wasn't really teaching you, it wasn't bridging the, the skill gap for you of, hey, you're missing by this much. On this version of the game, the bottom touchscreen, they sort of have a flourish that pops up that if it's to the left, you're early. If it's to the right, you're late on the beat. And if it's right in the center, it's actually the biggest sort of explosion it can be. And it's like a rainbow. Yeah, it looks like a firework. Um, And through that, it communicates. I didn't get many of those. (laughs) It communicates, hey, you're right on beat and you're right on time. But the cute thing was, going back to the basics, is that they trained you both the same way. Like, here's an orange going down the step and it falls at a certain speed. Mm -hmm. Here's a pineapple falling down the steps and it falls at a much slower speed. But then in the song, they drop two fruits on you. And you both had the same reaction of, what do I do right now? But you, it, then it dawns on you, well, I can catch with both sides, so yep. that's yeah. okay. Um, and then they take it to the next step where the pineapples, which are slower, are 
offbeat, where it's oh, like one, crew, two, man. one, two. And you both, again, had the same reaction. So this seems like a lot of description, I, and I apologize for that, but I do want to sell to the folks at home that like this is a really, really fun thing if you've ever been into rhythm games or if you've been into WarioWare. And the DS version exists. You can check that out. The Wii version exists. Your Wii U probably can play it if you can find it. And it was pretty cheap. I mean, when they, when they sold Rhythm Heaven Fever, it was like 30 bucks. I want to say, because it's not you know, sort of a $50 game. Mm-hmm. But I will say that this one, uh, lastly, is that outside of teaching you how to be better at rhythm, I think the only other, the thing that it does really well is that they put a campaign to it, which sounds ridiculous, right? <laughs> You're just like, why are you putting a campaign to a game that it, it's about rhythm and it's it, and it's about wacky rhythm games that have nothing to do with each other, if right. you think mm-hmm. about it. Like, what is two, a cat and a dog in a, in a in two airplanes playing... Uh, ping pong. Uh, yeah, they're playing ping pong. Badminton, I forgot. I yeah, badminton. Was, yeah have to do with uh, a guy, uh, a wolf who's chopping wood. I like played this, that one too. Right, yeah, right. That, so that weird. has anything to do with each other. But what they do with the campaign is that every couple of stages, they introduce these three bosses that'll come out, and mm-hmm. it's easy, medium, hard. And the game that they present is based on a rhythm toy, which the series has always had, but you never had an incentive to really check that stuff out, and they didn't really, there wasn't a ton of value to it. And they work it in so that all of these things that they've been doing for years are now part of one game, and you get to experience them, and you get to find out how much fun they are. And lastly, they don't punish you too long for it. So let's say on one of those boss challenges, you are terrible. You just cannot pass it. After four failures, they'll just let you by. They'll go, you know what, that sucks, but here you go. Kind Why of more video games did that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And not <laughs> shame you for it. So, no frustration. Yeah. So let, let's like bring in a little bad news. This hasn't been announced for America yeah. or, or right. anywhere outside of Japan yet, right? No. Yeah. yeah. But on the plus side, um, with the, their sort of digital landscape now, I have a feeling that there's a, a, a game like this has a better chance of coming than maybe it did a few years ago. I hope so. I hope they have the confidence to do it. And I was talking to Callie about this, and I may have mentioned this to you as well. I just hope when Rhythm Heaven mm-hmm. 3DS gets announced that the localization hand does not change the too much of the japanese right. yeah. of this game. Yeah, because there's like a calligraphy class mini-game, and yes. it's, it's all in oh, kanji. Yeah, it's, yeah, in, yeah. it's in kanji, and, and the thing that's cool about that is like kanji have to be written in a certain order. Yep. So if you know how to write them, you know what's coming. And I don't see that really working with like Latin... Alphabets. Yeah, you lose. Yeah. You yeah. Lose that with but like it the also goes a. over our head culturally. Yeah. But I feel like to have the confidence to at least, most of that very heavy Japanese referencing that I've noticed from my experience with the series was either in the GBA one uh, that we never got or in this one. And the mm-hmm. ones in between, for the most part, I didn't notice it as much. I just hope that when localization sits down, if localization sits down to address this, that they don't go in and go, okay, well, we have to change all of this so mm-hmm. it's more culturally lo- relevant. I feel like the zaniness of it sells it. Like, it, I don't think yeah. it matters. I think people will still jump into some of that stuff and appreciate it. Now, in Rhythm Heaven DS, for example, they changed one song from its Japanese lyrics, and it was a Japanese pop song, mm-hmm. to English. And... It wasn't bad. Like, that's a case where I was okay with that. That makes total sense. No one's going to understand it totally. if she's speaking yeah. another language. Right. And if you have to do that, do it. But in the sumo minigame that we were talking about earlier, if they become football players, I'm going to riot. Like, yeah. I would be really <laughs> upset about that because I feel like, yeah, sure, we don't get sumo here. We don't understand the the cultural significance of that. But this minigame works so well because of that. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't want to see that get lost and right. or lose a chance to introduce people to some of sort of that wacky, zany Japanese 
Japanese humor. And also on a technical level, like it raises the barrier for how long it would take that game to come here. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Like yeah. for every time somebody has to redraw a football player instead of a sumo wrestler, like yep. that's another you know week we're not getting the game or whatever. Like yeah. I, I would say, you know, strip out the Japanese text where. Uh, it becomes sort of part of interface or menu, but keep it where it makes sense uh, narratively inside the video game, like the kanji stuff. I can't imagine them just putting like, you know, the letter G or something and somebody drawing it in a certain way. Like there's something to that energy of like the brushstroke to the rhythm and stuff like that. That's really cool. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see that lost. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe there's a way to turn it into a teachable moment. I'm sorry. You were going to say, I just wanted to, to, you mentioned taking out the Japanese script, and that just reminded me, like, we are able to play this game without speaking enough Japanese. Yeah. Right. And um, and so that's a testament to how well it teaches you how to play. Because sure. I, I can read Kana. I can kind of get through. I knew that, the you know, we were on a train. I read the word train. I was like, okay, cool. I got this. But, um, you know, the instructions, I couldn't get all of that. I don't know kanji. Um and it does a really good job of teaching you how to play. So that's that's something that I noticed mechanically is really strong. Yeah, um, yeah, no, and I adore the series for yeah. that. Like for me, it's like this really uh, interesting puzzle uh, and mishmash of when you can really test if game design can stand uh, without context. Right. And this game does a really good job of that. And that's why I've always admired it. That's why it will always be one of my favorites. That's why I really kind of get defensive when people call it stupid because I'm just like, I think you're missing the point on this mm-hmm. one. Like it is a really fun, very different minigame. Do they mean stupid in a bad way? Because uh, it is kind of stupid, sure. but that's why I love but it. it. It's yeah, like random and stupid and wonderful. Yeah, that's, like, I mean, I, yeah. I, I love you, it for that. You saw my reaction. There's one where you have to, you're in a group of people and you have to go on beat and then off beat. Right. Oh, lockstep, lockstep. Yeah. That is and, notoriously but, hard. But, it's really hard, and I I knew that I would screw it up. But I didn't even try playing it. As, yeah, I was, like, just, nope. I was showing but her like some of the crazy. They like stuff. were flashing up random like Beethoven like portraits, <laughs> and I was you saw me react. I was like, what is this? <laughs> and that's the best part is like I did not expect that. I love the randomness. It's meant to distract you and try to keep you on the rhythm. But I, if they took that away, it would really detract from what is so good about Rhythm Heaven. Yeah, sure. It's just the. You play a random mini game. It's so unrelated to another one. It's all random. It's all weird. And okay. I really like that. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some news. And then we're going to wrap up a little early this week. But don't you worry. We still got a great show for you. Welcome back. Jose Otero here with Brian Altano Hi. and Callie Plague. Hello. And uh, just quickly on the news front, uh, I only have one story I really want to talk about today, which is that this week Nintendo uh, put the pre- uh, sort of a statement out saying that Fire Emblem Fates will have same-sex relationships. Now, this is a, a this is a big deal, especially after you consider sort of the, the response and the negative reaction that a game earlier this year that was released, Tomodachi Life. Uh, was that this year? Oh, man, that was last year, actually. Oh, I'm God. living in, yeah. in a war. What's time? Yeah, it was last year. What is time? <laughs> um, I got so, really scared for a second. Oh, God. 
This is the longest year of my yeah. life. Yep, yep. Um, so just to jump to the the portion of their statement that addresses this specifically before I go into something else, uh, quote, we believe that our gameplay experiences should reflect the diversity of the communities in which we operate. And at the same time, we will always design the game specifications of each title by considering a variety of factors, such as the game scenario and the nature of the gameplay. In the end, of course, the game should be fun to play. We feel that Fire Emblem Fates is indeed enjoyable to play, and we hope that fans like the game. Not the biggest statement, uh, just ending note on that statement mm-hmm. on diversity, but still the fact that I, I, I mean, we're happy about this. It's right? baby oh. steps, you yeah, know, oh, like, yeah. like, like always, it's baby steps. And I think I think it's only one out of thirty characters actually has that option. Yeah, slight spoiler uh, for people in that. Uh, there is one character in each of the campaigns. So there's two campaigns. Um, I'll give you a second to run away if you didn't want to be spoiled. So the Conquest edition of the game, and then there's the Birthright edition of the game, right. which is also interesting because this is the first time they're actually talking about, yeah, in the U.S., this is going to ship in two flavors mm-hmm. with a third downloadable campaign. If you remember, yep. there was mm-hmm. a big brouhaha over when Japan got that <laughs> yeah. information, and we did not, and they were not being very clear about it. Uh, so this re- press release sort of uh, does that, or this information does that. And basically, yeah, there is a f- there's a female character in Birthright edition that can be attracted to an, or marry uh, another female character and in the Conquest edition it's the same thing with males. Yeah, I think the the um, importance of this not only uh, as part of a medium but coming from a company like Nintendo that's historically traditional and Japanese mm-hmm. is yes, it's 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 a pretty big story and I think it's a, it's a good first step. Like we saw even at E3 um, there were female protagonists in uh, a ton of Nintendo <laughs> games. There were also um, or even other companies' games, but yeah, even other companies' like, games, yeah. Nintendo too, yeah, Super Nintendo notable. too. Like yeah. it's it's all over the place, and it's really cool to see. Like it's you know, Link in a dress. Yeah, that was really yeah, cool. that's, that's that was super cool. That's great. And the dress it actually gives him powers. It's not just a pretty dress that you because in a lot of games when you put on a dress, it's like nothing. It's not armor. It's not anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one, it does things. It, yeah. it's so actually exciting. it does more than your regular clothes do, yeah. which do nothing. I know. <laughs> yeah, so but happy. on that one, there I feel like there is a missed opportunity on that specific example though. Not just to push back slightly because Triforce Heroes to me so far, and we talked to the director about this. I'm actually going to run a story on IGN about it soon, but we talked to the director about. A lot of the design of this game feels very inspired by uh, sort of like Monster Hunter games, like Mm -hmm. big MMO franchises where you're getting material, you're constructing outfits, and you're using those outfits in a dungeon in a world. And yet you don't give folks the chance to choose if they want to be a male or a female. It's just Link in a dress. That, yeah. that is a good point. That yeah, is a good yeah, point. I, just, I think it's, you yeah. know, like you said, it's baby steps. I appreciate mm-hmm. any form of progress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, d- d- and I'm sorry, I didn't want to like sour because no, I think no, no, you, you, you made it a good point. You made but, uh, a good point too. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but it, we pressed him on that, and I, yeah. I plan to run that story next. Yeah, week Yeah, like in there's terms there's that push said. and pull, right? Like I mean, uh, Zelda's only really been, outside of Hyrule Warriors, where uh, you all the main boss of that game is basically a pair of tits. Like seriously, like <laughs> yeah. that's that's as 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 many steps forward as are taken by putting female playable characters in that game. Like there is a old dead archetype of of of. Of, the of, sexy... of misogyny as as the main boss. Yeah. yeah On the flip side, right. you have you have Zelda who is playable in um, which Zelda three Spirit Tracks. Yeah. But she's dead the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't playable. Help. She's just with you. Oh, oh no, no. Yeah. She, she is. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you solve puzzles you can, in you conjunction with her. With her. Stuff, but, so I yeah. agree with you in that. Like I agree with you both that it would have been cool to be like here's Link and Impa and Zelda and they're all on the on a, tra- oh, on a yeah. track together. Yeah. That know? would be 
Yeah. That would be ideal. Yeah. And, well, and the way options. I pushed this this in the interview was just that so far what I've seen of the story doesn't seem to just suggest that Link needs to be a male in this game versus like I get what maybe more traditional Zelda games, why they would stick to that trope. But right. in this specific instance where a mysterious event happens and the kingdom just needs heroes, why can't there also be heroines? Right, that, it's not really about that, that whole point. like old hero princess archetype that, anymore. Yeah, so. that's something that continues to bother me in games is is when it's inexplicable. Like, why can't this character be female? There's no reason why, um, and that kind of ties into Fire Emblem. Uh, we were talking about uh, because I see comments where people are like, "Well, why are they just forcing homosexuality into mm-hmm. this?" And I'm yeah. like, "Well, I mean, you could spin it around and say, well, they're forcing straightness into this when you have to get yeah. married, or whatever. like you could you could spin it any way." And I think it's yeah. great that they're taking that step. No, yeah, likewise. No, I completely agree. All right. Uh, well lastly, said. let's uh, go you. into yes, very well said. <laughs> lastly, let's go into some question block questions. We have time Yay. for. One, unfortunately, because we all gotta right, go. Let's do it. So I'm gonna pick a good one. Uh, all Commercial. right. So this one comes from Matt, a uh, listener on the show, and it's a little long. So uh, I'm gonna try and condense this as much as I can. Uh, I don't think many people would deny that Mario Kart 8's DLC was some of the best value uh, we've seen for paid add-on content. Don't disagree with that mm-hmm. at all, Matt. Uh, for twelve dollars, you get literally, excuse me, almost fifty percent of uh, more content for the base game, it's really seemed like Nintendo was going to set a new standard for the way they handled DLC. But then Smash Brothers seems to go against that. Mm. Um, So he's bringing up that the new DLC pack, if I just want the stages and characters for one version of the game, it will cost $16. That's only three characters, only one of which is new, and two stages. If I want the costume as well, that's close to $22. Then I want to uh, parody with the 3DS version for everything, and we're taking an extra dollar per add-on. We're talking extra dollar per add-on. I think it adds up to close to $30. It's, yeah, it was 20, it's like twenty nine fifty or something. Okay, got it, got it. So he basically is upset about uh, by this. What happened here? I suppose the pricing is on par or even better than other fighting games. But when you compare it to the amazing value that was offered with Mario Kart, just just seems really skewed. Am I alone on this? No, it's, it is. Abs- you're absolutely right. It felt... It felt way more like a sort of Warner Brothers, Ubisoft, Game of the Year, uh, retail exclusive, all those sort of like when you went to go buy Watch Dogs or something and it was, you know, there were 75 different versions of it. Right. It felt like that where they're they're sort of piecemealing out character skins and costumes and items and weapons and stuff like that. And I don't want to say it's very un-Nintendo because yeah, they haven't been doing this long enough yeah, to they, say they that. They don't have right. precedence you, long enough. Right. Yeah. But I, I will say he's right in that the Mario Kart set the bar really high for the way you deliver a content package like that. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bummed out that it came out to be so much. I also thought it was weird that they went as far as to charge 99 cents for the or a dollar for the uh, the the 3DS controller app, which lets you play Smash Brothers without purchasing the game. Without purchasing the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's a little much to just let you sell, let you you use a, a device you've already purchased. Like, I think Smash Brothers are getting a little off the rails in terms of DLC. Like, yeah, and if there's yeah. one game it feels like they're willing to push that uh, and see what they can get, it might it makes sense to me that it be Smash Brothers versus yeah. another one, just because that fan base um, seems to really want more content for it. But I don't know what the the thinking is behind the pricing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's terrible, but I do agree that it does seem a bit much, especially when you add up sort of. Uh, what you're getting, but it's always hard to do that, right? I feel it's always hard to sort of look at content and say, well, how much is this worth? 
you right. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about it in Smash Brothers, adding extra pieces like that does change the way that game plays to a yep. degree. It does sort of alter either the state of balance or there just seems to be a lot more work involved and it t- than it, maybe it, making a course yeah, in Mario Yeah, that's fair, Kart. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes work to make those things, you know? And obviously, most of them are optional. I mean, I would, I would argue that somebody like Ryu is not optional. Like, if you're a Smash Brothers guy, like, you want all the characters. I don't know if you want all the, the Mii Fighter skins. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing you can probably skip out on. Right. But uh, those those uh, incentives become better to purchase one thing when they're bundled with other things. And that's the reason I bought all of them, even if I'll never even use them all. It was sort of just like, well, now I don't have to think about buying these down the line. You mm-hmm. know, if one day I wake up and I'm like, I really wish I had a Tekken character skin for my Miiverse guy. Like, I already have him now, even though I'll probably never use it. But that's uh, what we call digital hoarding. <laughs> and it's just yeah. as bad as physical hoarding. I, yeah, I'm yeah. on that train too. Um, yeah, I have friends who are, are pretty into the competitive Smash scene and I think that adding new characters dev- does give you more options um, and it with a fighting game it does alter uh, the balance of the game I, uh, and it, it does take work and I, I don't know enough about um, the actual work involved to say what I think the pricing should be for that mm. it just it is very very asynchronous with Mario Kart um, it's just strange I, I feel like people would want these extra characters and be able to to kind of re-examine their strategies and stuff for competitive right. play but um I don't need $30 worth of extra Smash Bros. Like, it's yeah. just, it's just, it's, and it's all the skins and all that, it, it seems like a lot. Just... No, it does, yeah. And I, I think at the end of the day, for anyone listening to this who agrees, I think that then it falls on you to just not buy it, you know, and to sort of push back by not supporting it. Because uh, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I yeah, will Brian. openly admit, like, no, I, I did it too. <laughs> I screwed up. I screwed How up. could you? You're right. I, I did you it too. You are 100% right. 100% yeah. right. And it, and it kind of slipped under the radar, I feel with E3 that maybe the pricing on this was too high but I at the same time I do feel that it is uh, and maybe folks are going to disagree with me with on this but I'm sorry but I do feel that is good that is Nintendo is sort of testing those waters and pushing those boundaries because I don't think everything deserves to be 99 cents and I don't think yeah. everything deserves to be as devalued as you know sort of the app store and and, and all these other like sort of uh, places that we got our games make us think do I right. think that the pricing they settled on was perfect absolutely no. not mm-hmm. but I also think that at the end of the day Nintendo should challenge the value of some of those things sure because yeah. i mean the 99 cent skin is also a dollar iphone game or it's five dollars for a character could probably buy you an entire other game at gamestop or something yeah. like money's all over the place when it comes to gaming and there's no like what you what you deem valuable for a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars uh skews based on which perspective that that's coming right. from yeah. you could buy yeah. some good indie games with that money yeah. and have it it depends on what you value yeah, right? yeah. And totally I, I think it's fair to say you know they're allowed to push the boundaries and and decide what is fa- a fair price for this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree that it's not ideal um but i mean it, it is based on what you yourself value um as far as what your purchases are right yep. like I would rather buy, you know, a ten dollar indie game and play that than, you know, skins and new fighters. That's just me. Like that's, yeah. you know, that's well, it's yeah. your choice whether you want to buy, buy it or not. And so. you couldn't help but look at that. Um when you added up all the stuff you were getting in Mario Kart, you did feel like, holy cow, this is a great deal. Right. I, I want to admit I have not done the math to add up all this stuff and see if the 
the bundle price is that much cheaper than what it would have cost. I would mm-hmm. imagine there is some savings there, but it's def- it doesn't sound like it's enough when it's right. 30 bucks for all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then again, there's also a lot of licensing involved in this thing. Yeah, you have that's true. Ryu from Capcom. You have the Virtual Fighter guys. You have the Tekken lookalikes. Like, you know what I mean? Like that that stuff costs money at the end of the day. So right. my, my thing to folks, just don't buy it. If, if, this is, if you see this on the next one and you're not satisfied by that, by all means, step away and, and push back that way. And maybe that encourages them to then make some changes and some sure. decisions. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, there you have it. That is this week's Nintendo Voice Chat. And next week, we will have Pear back on the show. Um, and we'll still have a ton of stuff to talk about, which sadly we couldn't get to this week. Um, for example, there was a Nintendo investors meeting that I would love to talk about, but uh, we just don't have the time. But there's, thank- there's, there's Super Mario Maker, which comes with 100 levels. I can't wait to talk oh, about that. Oh, God. That's All right, awesome. quickly, quickly, so go cool? for it. No, that's levels. awesome. That's <laughs> actually that's more levels than any Mario game has ever come with, which yeah. is amazing. Uh, it's, I think it's like 10 or 12 more than Super Mario World, okay. which is right. seen to, to most as one of the best Mario games sure, ever made. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's if you never even connect to the internet Never make your own levels. Never download a That's single right. other stage. There, it, there's a hundred totally insane stages, and we got to play. I mean, in the playable version in E3, I want to say there was like forty or fifty of them, yeah, maybe more than yeah. that, maybe less. Okay. Um, and there's just a really awesome variety there. So, mm-hmm. at without doing a thing, Mario Maker's right off the bat probably going to be one of the best Mario games ever made. Oh, I'm yeah. super excited about yep. it. No, no pun intended. I didn't mean to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, very very promising. I loved watching it at E3. I'm, yep. I'm very yeah. excited. It cool. gets it gets better every. Every time we hear about it, yeah, so definitely, um, I'm, I can't wait. All right, well, there you have it, folks. That is Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of June 25th. And as always, we thank you for supporting the show. But we are not the only show on IGN. In fact, this weekend, the IGN house party is real. Brian Altano and the crew from Beyond, excuse me, along with uh, Ryan McCaffrey and the crew from Unlocked. That's right. We're going to be throwing a big party. Of course, some NVC folk will be there in attendance to support because you guys deserve that support. But it'll be a big deal. It's happening. It's happening tomorrow morning. That's Saturday morning uh it starts at 11 30 mm-hmm. and it's you can find you, i think there might be a few tickets left okay if you're in the neighborhood and you want to get on that like now now is your yeah. your final it's chance uh, go.ign.com slash house party that's there right yeah. and more more than a, a celebration of the anniversaries of our podcast we have podcasts unlocked uh episode 200 podcast beyond episode 400 um this is really a celebration of our audience and it's just how awesome it is that we can we can bring the world together with what we do and to thank you guys for listening so we just want to hang out and you know, uh, tell tell jokes and tell stories and high five and hug and take pictures and just yeah. be cool together because this is like what it's all about. Yeah, no, we definitely appreciate all of your support. So if you're in SF and you already got tickets, great. If you are in SF and you don't have tickets, check Leave it out. now, drive. You might, you <laughs> might be able to to find those. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so then uh, lastly, you can leave us feedback by emailing us at nbc at IGN.com. Yep. And also you can go on, on over to iTunes, leave us a show review, let us know what you think. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. You can find Callie Pleggy at Inky Dodiko. Spell it. <laughs> I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. It's Japanese, sorry. Is that yeah. a Splatoon reference? Or you did that She's before told Splatoon? You this right? story. Yeah, I know. While. It's, just, it's a, the clumsy girl anime trope. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Very clumsy. All right, there we go. And <laughs> I am uh, at Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And we will be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Hey, baby. How's it going? Beat is not
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.